Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me to Ecclesiastes. What are you laughing about? Ecclesiastes, <laughs> chapter 3 and verse 1. Hallelujah. We're coming into a new year. This isn't really a New Year's message, but, you know, if you want to take it as such, you can. I don't care. It's, uh, it, just seems, it just seems like it was the appropriate thing to do for tonight. And, uh, and I think it applies to everybody in here. In fact, as I know it does. And so just let God speak to your heart tonight about how it applies to you. Anyway, chapter 3, verse 1, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. Listen, God has not decided when you're going to die. That's not what that means. There is a time. When is the time for you to die? When you're satisfied with this life. When you're full of age, you know, and you've had a long and prosperous life and you're ready to go home, that's when it's time for you to die. But we're all going to die. That's the point. We are, unless Jesus comes back, we are all, all will see death in our lives. And so there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. One translation says a time to kiss and a time to not kiss. Okay. Uh, Verse 6, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, Oh, my Lord, would that be proper for a lot of us to learn. A time to keep silence. No one to talk and no one to shut up. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Hallelujah. You know, I pulled out my 26 translations. And and we kind of look at some of this. To everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Rotherham says, a time for every pursuit under the heavens. Um... Best translation says, in a time for every business under the sun. Uh, one other translation says, there's a proper time for every project under heaven. Moffat says, there's a time for all things under heaven. And the Jerusalem Bible says, there's a time for every occupation under the sun. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. Um, those are pretty self-explanatory. A time to kill, a time to heal time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, time to dance. And here's the one that says that it was uh, <laughs> the translation that says a time for kissing and a time to keep from kissing. Okay. Another Taylor, or I think it's Taylor translation, says a time to hug and a time not to hug. A uh, time to get, time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to, to keep silence and a time to speak. Um, and we'll just leave it there. But, you know, there were some interesting translations on some of this stuff. And, uh, but really, you know, my, my whole point tonight is to everything there's a season. 
and a time for every purpose under heaven. And, um, you know, a season is a period of time. And, um, you know, our lives are just full of seasons. You know, naturally speaking, you know, we, we go from season to season. I mean, there's the infancy, there's toddlers, there's the child, there's preteens, there's teenagers, there's young adults, you know. all, And then we get into, you know, the prime of our life and middle age. And, and then we're older, more mature. And then we're into the senior years, you know. And, you know, all that. There, there's, there's just naturally times and seasons in our lives that, you know, they march on. They stop for no one. I mean, I, I look at some of these kids around here and I'm going, when did you get so tall? Stop that. And they're going, no, don't want to stop that. We want them to stop, but they don't want to stop growing. So naturally, our lives are in progress all the time from season to season. Every season that comes includes growth of some kind and change of some kind. You know, and, and just in relationships, you know, we, we see so many things in our lives that are, that are seasonal. I mean, we, you know, we, we come into this life, you know, as a child, we grow up, we get into teenage years, and, and then it's time to, to start focusing on education and, and a career and, and maybe, you know, starting, you know, a life with somebody spouse and and then starting a family and you know with every with every one of those times it's a new season for us you know and as your children grow but you watch them come up through the same seasons that you've been into you watch them grow into adulthood then you watch them as they take steps in careers and they take steps in choosing spouses and you know it's it's a cycle of seasons that that just it, it just comes with life you know, and, uh, and with each season, some may be pleasant, some maybe not. You know, when your kids get to be teenagers, I mean, I've heard people say, oh, you know how teenagers are. And I used to say, no, I don't. My kids are not like that. You know, and so with every season of your life as a parent or, or as a teen, you know, you just need to be believing God. You need, to, you need to put God in every season of our lives, whether it's naturally or relationship-wise. God needs to be at the center of every season of our life because that's what makes every season a success. Because every season naturally that we go through is going is to be the building block for the next season. There will be change in every season, but with God's help, we embrace the change. You know, I I have said for years that the the worst the worst part of of raising kids was the transition into adulthood, because I had to change my tactics as a mother. I had to change my the way the way I parented to allow them to become the adults they needed to become, and it wasn't easy. I had been doing it the same way for so many years that it was tough. And even today, I mean, Steve is 52, and uh, I was listening to him. We were in Tampa yesterday, and I was listening to, to Christy and, and Ethan talk back and forth. And I looked at Steve, and I said, he was showing us his new apartment, and, and she was telling him why he shouldn't be hanging his towels on the door. He should be hanging them in some place so they could dry better. And I looked at him, and I said, mamas always sound like that, don't they? And he looked at me and went, Yeah. <laughs> And I went, okay, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? He goes, yeah. Because many times he said, you sound like a mother. I said, well, that's because I am your mother. You know, I don't care how old you are. And, uh, 
But uh, some things in that, in that period of our lives never really changes. You know, and the, and the, the one wonderful thing about, about parenting is as you pray for your kids, even should you leave this earth and go to heaven, the prayers that you pray now helps them in the seasons of their lives as they grow older. Those prayers aren't wasted. And, and, they don't, and they don't just stop because you're no longer present. Those prayers have a purpose. And a purpose that if it's not fulfilled in your lifetime does not mean they won't be fulfilled in their lifetime. You know, those are just things you have to keep in mind with every season. There is a purpose. Every season, there's a purpose. You know, some seasons we'll never go back to. You will never be a teenager again. Thank God. And yet, you know, I watch, I watch certain people who want to dress and act like they're teenagers. And I'm going, would you just give it up already? Just get it up. You are not 19 and 20. You don't need to look like you're trying to be 19 and 20 because everybody knows you're not. You know, let me take you to the store and get you some appropriate clothing. <laughs> we can't go back to those, those kind of times. Um, there are some seasons in our lives that, that, we, that are not good, that we may be having to repeat if we don't learn the lessons we need to learn in those seasons. Um, you know, whatever, whatever season we are in, we need to recognize them, embrace them, establish ourselves in them, be willing to move on to the next one. Because God doesn't put us in one place for us to remain there our entire lives. And, and we can embrace every season that comes our way naturally and spiritually, or we can fight against it. You know, I, I love being in an empty nester. Maybe it's because we started out with kids so young. We never had any time just to ourselves. And so when, when our kids left home, I mean, we were, our boys were grown, gone, gone and married by the time they were, they were 21, and we were like 42. I mean, you know, they were gone. And uh, we have embraced being empty nesters. You know, it shouldn't be a sad thing, but you don't want it to repeat it by them moving back home. You don't, you don't want to do that. No. Because the problem is they've gotten used to being an adult and you're still used to being a parent. And things don't generally work really well if they have to come back home. So you don't want to repeat some of these, these kind of things. But... You know, some things are ordained of God, and they're necessary if we're going to ultimately be what we're supposed to be and, what, and do what we're supposed to be doing at every season of life. Uh, God adds insight and responsibility with each successive season. No season is trivial. No season is unimportant. Uh, you know, it just, it, we shouldn't dread the next season of life. And... Um, we shouldn't dread getting older. You know, I, I have family, you know, who just were totally depressed when they turned a certain age. And I'm going, why are you depressed? You're still alive. That's the point here. You know, I thank God for every year I have. There's a lot of them now. But I thank God because in every year since, since I actually decided to put God first, every year has been a demonstration of his faithfulness. And honestly, I can say the, the years when I wasn't following God, I can look back and see his faithfulness in those times as well because he kept me 
during those times. I didn't even know what he was doing. I wasn't aware of it. And yet his faithfulness was, was walking right there beside me the whole time, keeping me safe, keeping me protected, just, just sustaining me so he could get me where I needed to go into the next real season. And, um, you know, and spiritually speaking, it's really where I wanted to go tonight. There's a lot of, there's a lot of seasons in our lives. Uh, there's a growing time. There's a growing season. You know, and, as soon, and that season really never ends. Because we're all supposed to all be maturing in the things of God. There's new revelation. There's new impartation. There's, there's new insight into the scriptures that will keep us growing every single day of our lives. And growing time should never, never end. And yet, growing time spiritually requires three things. It requires good soil. It requires good water. And it requires good nutrients. Well, good soil is soil that has decided to embrace the Word of God and to let it change you, whatever that means. If you're, whatever you're doing in life isn't measuring up and doesn't line up with the Word of God, then you need to grow in some things. Brother Hagin's got a, got a book, Growing Up Spiritually. You know, and we should all be doing that on a daily basis. You know, I, I was listening to somebody recently, and they were talking about engaging with the Word of God, um, and uh, and it's and it's it was kind of a different way of saying, you know, to make the Word first, a different way of saying renewing the mind. And I thought, well, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting way to put that engaging the Word. And he was true. he was right though. We you have to become engaged with the word of God and let it change you. You can't read these verses and say, "Well, this is what it says." I I know what it says. You know, head knowledge will get you in trouble until it becomes heart knowledge. When you find it in your heart, that's when the real changes and the growth comes. And God doesn't want you to be the same at the same place this year that you were last year. He wants you to make strides and be, keep going forward because he's got more for you. He's got so much more for you. So well, what do I mean by good soil? Soil that's ready to receive the word and to implant it deep within the heart of that soil so that life springs up out of it. Then good water. What do you mean by good water? Well, water you know, usually is represented by the Holy Spirit. But if you never engage the Holy Spirit in your life, you know, you won't be watered. You know, it's, and, and good water. You know, I think Sunday morning was just a great example of the Holy Spirit, just the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, it, it was the, the music and, and, and the singing. I mean, just, I mean, you could just feel God in the place. And, and, and his spirit, when he comes in with us at every service, he wants to do something special for that service. He wants you to engage with the Holy Spirit so that the watering of the Spirit, you know, makes that ground ready to receive what comes next. He wants you to be in a place where you're, you are seeing, hearing, experiencing His presence. I'm shocked by people who are satisfied who have once known what the spirit-filled life was like. 
and no longer embrace it. They're satisfied to go someplace where the spirit is relegated to just something on paper. But they're not ready to see it in demonstration anymore. It doesn't mean enough to them. You know, how can, how can God really effectively help you grow if you don't have good water in your life? You know, there are people who find themselves in places where there's something called the Holy Spirit. It's not. Where it's a, um, a deception, maybe an abuse of the Holy Spirit. We've, we've seen churches, we've known of churches, you know, they've gotten so far out of touch with the real presence of the Holy Spirit that they do crazy stuff that has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. But they call it the Holy Spirit. That's not good water. It's not good water. And lastly, good nutrients. You need to be in a place where the Word of God, the unadulterated Word of God, is ministered to you on a daily basis. Things that will help you grow. The new trend seems to be in the Christian world to be giving a lot of self-help sermons. If it's not right out of the word, it's not any good to you. It sounds pretty. It sounds good. I don't need a life coach. I need a real God. He is my life coach. The Holy Spirit is my life coach. You know... Some of the things that are being taught, you know, and you kind of run through and you see some things online. You, you, you look at and I'm thinking, well, that sounds really good, but how is that going to help you in the middle of the night when your child's got a fever of 104? What's that going to do for you? If we don't tell people things like faith, healing, the Holy Spirit, prosperity, Peace, love, joy. If we, don't, if we don't acquaint them with those kind of things, if we don't teach them who they are in Christ, if we don't just keep on with pastors, you know, going back to fresh faith right now, if we don't keep ourselves focused on the basics that are in the Word of God, that have how we live and how we apply the Word of God, what good does it do us? It's not good nutrients for something to grow in us. And if those things don't happen, we're not going to be in the kind of season that God wants us to be in. Um, I remember somebody telling me one time who decided, they got offended about something, but you know, they had to complain about something that sounded spiritual. And so uh, they said, I, just, I get so tired of hearing about victory every week. Seriously? You get tired of hearing about how you can live in victory every week? I mean, how do you want to live? You know, your problem right now is you're not living in victory, but you don't seem to understand what's going on here. I just, I I chuckled, but I thought, this is sad. This is just so sad. But they don't recognize where their problem really is because they, they were griping and complaining because they didn't have some area of their lives wasn't exactly like it ought to be. And I'm thinking... Because you don't know that victory belongs to you, you know, and you're not willing to do what it takes. You know, you see everybody else, you know, that looks like they're walking in victory, and you're envious of that, you're jealous of that, but you don't want to do what they did to be where they're at. That's your problem. But, you know, you think a lot of things, you just don't always say them. So there's growing time. You know, growing time 
really, in so many ways, is a, a time for us to move things out, worldly things, self things, um, things that should not be flesh things. How about that? Flesh things. And let the godly things move in. Hallelujah. Then there's a proving time. You know, a proving time is, is a time where you're just steady. Doug talked tonight about he just told God he'd be faithful. That's a proving time. And again, that's, that's kind of a season of our lives, spiritually speaking, that we will never outgrow. We're always going to be expected to be faithful in whatever God has called us to do, whatever, he's, whatever assignments he's given us, he expects us to be faithful. And that's a season that will never go away. All these seasons can overlap. You don't have to move out of one to get into another, but they can overlap. Then there's preparation time. Every season we find ourselves in is a time of preparation for the next season. You know, naturally speaking, your kids grow up and they go to school. They go to school for the next 12 to 13 years, you know, and then they're out of high school. They're preparing for what's ahead during those 13 years. They go to college. It's more time of preparation then for what's ahead. You know, we will always be preparing for the next season, and we shouldn't um, we shouldn't discount it. We shouldn't you know look at it as as something that's you know not all that important because it is important. Preparation time is so important and so valuable in every season that we find ourselves in. Because if we're not prepared for the season that we're going to get moved into, we will not succeed. It will not be a successful season in our lives. Then there's a settling time. Sometimes people just need to be just settled. This is a season where I just find myself settled. Get over your spiritual ADHD. Do you hear me? There are a lot of people who are just so itchy all the time for something new, for something different, for someplace. I, I found this, I found this uh, definition somewhere, and I don't even know where I found it. It's called the destination addiction. Uh, we call it destination. We can tell, call it an ADHD pro- spiritual problem. It's a preoccupation with the idea that happiness is in the next place, the next job, with the next partner. Until you give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else, it will never be where you are. Isn't that good? There are some people who just need to settle down. And God wants to put them in a place, a church. And it's important what church you go to. For all of these seasons, it's important that you find that time. And some people just need to learn to settle down. Because until they settle down, they won't grow. They won't prove themselves in faithfulness. They won't learn. And they will discount anything that anybody calls preparation. Absolutely. Then there's a sowing time in your lives. You know, we started out, I, you know, all those years ago in 1980, we came here and, and uh, we didn't have much. I mean, you know, God didn't lead him to get a job. You know, I, I finally did get a job here to help with the family uh, finances and just, just to provide for the family. And, and uh, it, was a, it was a time of just, of just sowing. You know, we sowed a lot in the early years. We've sowed a lot over the years in, in all kinds of ways. And today, you know, we're reaping so many of the benefits from all that sowing time. Listen, God is not unfaithful. When he puts you in a period of time, you know, I, I recall the building fund. You know, we just, we went, we went 
those 10 years, you know, in, in getting the, well, even before that, you know, just getting the church built and, uh, and then the 10 years to pay it off, there was a lot of sowing that went on during that time, a lot of sacrificial sowing that went on. But I tell you what, in the middle of all that sowing, people got new cars, people got different houses, people got better jobs. You know, they were faithful to do. There's a time of sowing. But listen, God is not going to be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. And if we don't find ourselves in a place where we're just tired, just stick with it. Just stick with it. Harvest time is coming. The harvest season is here for many of you. It's already arrived for some of us, but it's not the end of our harvest. It's the beginning of a harvest that we planted a long time ago. You know, and if you don't stop sowing, then you won't start reaping. You know, I remember, I don't know if any of you all remember Jonna Abbott. Uh, you know, she, was, she was, came here as a college student, and then she went, uh, went to Ramah. And she was our secretary for a while. She went to Ramah, and then she went off overseas. But while she was at Ramah, you know, she was telling me, and I think PG and Miss Amy and even Steve and Rachel, you know, anybody who went to Ramah can say, when you looked around at some of the Ramah students, they came from churches where they were very involved. And when they got to Ramah, they thought, well, I'm going to school five days a week, then I have to work, and... Well, you know, it's, and I'm, I'm not going to get involved, you know, you know, while I'm here. I'm just, I'm here to learn. And, and, and she and the rest of them, PG, Steve, uh, Steve, Miss Amy, all of them got involved, you know, in whatever was going on in church outside of a classroom. And it's like she told me one day, she said, Pastor Angela, she said, uh, if, if I'm going to reap in my ministry later, I have to keep sowing. I can't just take a vacation from sowing. And I'm just going, you're right. You're absolutely right. And see, some people take in life, they get to a place where they just want to, they just want to, I've sowed long enough. I'm done. I'm going to take a break. Well, then you're going to take a break from harvest. At some point, you're going to find yourself in a place where you're not harvesting because you haven't been sowing. You know, it's important that we teach our children as they grow from the time that they're little to be good sowers because they're sowing for their future. You know, when they're little, when they're in, regu- in just regular elementary school, when they're in middle school, when they're in high school, teach them how to sow their resources, their time, their money. You know, teach them how to be generous with people. Help them sow, you know, so that when it comes time, they reap a harvest. There's, there's seasons all through there. So for some of us, you know, that, the, the building fund was a particular, a particular sowing season, and God will present particular sowing seasons to us, you know, as we move through this life. So don't give up, you know, don't, don't disregard it. Don't dis- be disobedient. Don't do that. Um, then there's separation time. You know, there are times when God will kind of pull you aside and, and he, he just want, he wants to pull you into himself a little bit more. And he wants you to kind of lay off all the other things that maybe surround you. You know, I, I personally, you know, when we went to Ramah, I had depended on being around, being with my parents so much that I desperately, and didn't know it, desperately needed a time of separation from them. Best thing to do was to go 1,100 miles away. That was the only way it was going to happen. I mean, there are times when I lived on the north side of Jacksonville. They lived in the Mandarin area. That was a long drive in between, but they were still reachable. 
still, and I get my hands on them, you know, whenever I needed them, whatever I wanted them. But when I moved 1,100 miles away, that was different. And suddenly, I had to learn to depend on a husband instead of a father, you know, for what I needed. You know, realizing that, that that's who I was connected to now, not my dad anymore. You know, and it was a wonderful time of separation. But those, those are just seasons. Then there's standing time. You know, we, we all find ourselves in places where it's a season of just, you know what the Word says. You believe and you trust in what the Word says. You know that it's coming. You know victory is mine, and you're just ready to stand. You're not going to fold in that season. You're just going to stand. Hallelujah. And um, it's, it's funny how, you know, in just in life in general, you know, there are times when we just make a, such a mess of things and we want to blame God for it. We want to make God the fall guy. Mm-mm, don't do that. Proverbs 19, verse 3. You're, you're in Ecclesiastes if you're still there. Proverbs 19, verse 3. And I'm going to pull this out over here as well. In the, in the, I, I just, I, I'm sorry, I just stay with the King James, but it doesn't really come out really well. It says in verse 3, The foolishness of man perverts his way, and his heart frets against the Lord. Well, Amplified Classic says, The foolishness of man subverts his way, ruins his affairs, then his heart is resentful and frets against the Lord. New Living Translation says it this way, very simple. People ruin their own lives, then blame God. Well, God told me to do it. No, he didn't. If you failed, God was not in that. The failure was not on God's part. So don't try to, try to do that. You know, the children of Israel, God delivered them. And when they got out there and it didn't look good and the armies were coming after them, there were so many times when they were going, oh, if we were just back in Egypt. Oh, if we were just back in Egypt. They blamed God for their situation. Instead of looking to God for the answers, instead of looking to God for the solution, instead of looking to God for the victory, they just wanted to just go back. Just let me just go back. Let me just, let me just go back. No, God does not intend for you. You know, complaining all the time will ruin the season you're in. It'll ruin the season you're going to. Maybe sometimes we just need to stop and watch what we're saying. Maybe we need to record a few hours of our lives and then come back and listen to it and go, huh, maybe I should change the way I talk a little bit. Yeah. You know, we need to get serious about where where God has us. That's the key, where God has us. You may find yourself in a season of regrouping from family or friends. You may need to regroup from some of your own attitudes. You know, disobedience, unfaithfulness, bitterness, unforgiveness. Sometimes we find ourselves in places that other people's choices have put us. It's not a pleasant place to be, you know, where your season has been dictated by somebody else. And that will happen uh, because of who we connect ourselves to a lot of times. Now, there are events in life that will change our seasons that we, we had no control over. Um, say somebody was, you know, widowed all of a sudden. 
you know, now is a new season. You never anticipated it. You didn't plan for it. But you know what? When unexpected seasons pop up in our lives, we need to be in a place where we're depending on God to, for the grace to be there for that season. You know, sometimes we'll, we know, we're aware that God will be, is going to be moving us, you know, into a new season spiritually or a new season of, of life naturally. And, and we can prepare ourselves for those things. We can get to a place where we're, where we're, getting, we're getting ourselves, you know, ready. We, we see, we, we have an idea, we have a, 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 a perception of what's coming. But let me tell you this, don't get ahead of God in a season. You know, because to me, transition is the hardest part of, of a season change. You know, if you've, ladies, if you've ever been pregnant, you've had a baby, what do they call the hardest part of labor? It's called transition. (laughs) And sometimes transition doesn't feel good. You know, I, I, I have to understand that, that with, with change of seasons, the optimum word is change. And I don't like change. I never have. I like things to be just the way they are. My furniture will go in my house, and it will stay in those same spots for the next 20 years. You know, I don't like change. My mother-in-law, you know, used to come to her house, and she'd change the living room around every month or so. And I'm going, okay, where is it going to be, you know, when when you walk in this time? You know, she's moved things around again. You know, some people love change. It's a challenge. You know, it's it's an adventure to change things up all the time. Not me. I like, I like things set. I like to know where things are, how things are going to work. I, know, I want to know that I know how to do this, that, that I, can, I can successfully manage it. I'm not a good changer, you know, and yet I've been forced to change many times, and I don't like it. But, what, but once I've made the change, and I go, well, it's, what did I make such a big deal about it for? I don't, I don't get it. You know, uh, these ceilings are black. Do you know it took PG two years to convince me to let him paint the ceiling black? And after, and after we did it, I went, oh, that's great. And he goes, what did I tell you? It's always great to have a smart Alex son. You know, but uh, transition can be very challenging. Um, you cannot stay in one season when it's time to move to another season. It doesn't work well. Things, things don't produce the way they're supposed to produce if you won't move. Things won't go the way you want them to go. You'll find yourself in a place where you become really in disobedience to the things of God. You become in disobedience to your own spirit as well as what God wants you to do. You've got to be open to what the Spirit of God is t- telling you. And it's not what you, it may not be what you think or what you like. But if he's trying to move you into a new season, you need to be open. You need to be willing to listen. You need to not discount what he's talking to you about. So many times you go, well, I, I really don't know if that's God or not. And yet we do. We do. I recall when we were, had moved back to Jacksonville after we come, came home from Ramah, I had just unpacked the house. We had been home two months, less than two months. And the people over here wanted us to move over here. And the pastor comes to me and one day and he says, So, what do you think? You think we ought to move over there? And I went, No, no, 
I don't think so. And right here I went, you're moving. Get the boxes back out. Change, you know. You, you, can't, you cannot disobey the, the leading of the Spirit. And you cannot do something just because somebody else has done it. You can't, you can't make your season somebody else, what somebody else's season looks like. God's going to move each and every one of us as he sees fit, not as we think the timing ought to be. Um, you can't force the new season. You can't force it at all. You have to wait until God has ordained it. And listen, if, it, if you're a little behind, it's better than being too quick. Because in being too quick, you can make some major mistakes. And it can cost you dearly if you, if you don't wait. God has to line things up, you know, and there are times when we may be ready for that new season, but there are certain things that have not been set in place for us yet in that new season. Don't jump the gun. If his timing is for later, then you wait. That may be just your standing season. You know, I, I, and I've told this story so many times, Back in the early days, uh, you know, I, I went to, to work as um, just cleaning houses because I, I needed to be at the church more. And I thought, if I clean houses, then, you know, then I can make my own schedule. I can decide which days I want to do that, you know. And, and, so, and I found myself one day at this lady's house, and, and I'm, doing somebody else's, I'm doing somebody else's laundry. I'm cleaning somebody else's bathroom. I'm washing somebody else's dishes. I'm making somebody else's beds. And I'm just going, Lord, what is going on? What is this? What is this? What is this? I'm so tired of this. I don't want to be doing this. And the Spirit of God just spoke really clearly. He says, it's just a season. And he was so right. I got my act together, got my attitude straight. And, uh, and I just learned to just go with the flow of that season. And it eventually, that, moved, that changed, and I actually came to work and got paid, you know, at the church. I mean, I worked here from day one, but didn't get paid for it for the first seven years. So, you know, there are, there are times when we have just, you know, when we're just frustrated with where we are, you know, stop and hear what the spirit on the inside has to say to you. Is it the season that you're in, that you need to stay in? Or is it a season that you're supposed to move out of? Which is it? I had a conversation with somebody uh, a good while ago, and they were thinking about a um, job or career change. And, uh, and you know, it, it, on one hand, they felt like, you know, I think this is God. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure. And... And then a the little while later, they came back to him and said, you know, it's just so weird. I, I, things that have never bothered me before at work just seem to just get on my nerves. I just like, I just can't, I just want to go, oh, you know, and they kept telling me some things. And I, and I finally looked down and said, well, you know what the problem is, don't you? And they went, no, what? And I said, you're in transition. You do know what to do, but the time isn't just yet. You know, there are times when, when transition is coming and it's, and you know it's coming, but because it's not time for you to do it yet, every just thing just seems like it's just rubbing you the wrong way. Uh, I had another pastor friend tell me about somebody who had been on their staff that they knew would, would eventually leave them and go pastor. And, uh, and they were having different department 
people and different people on staff coming to her going, you know, brother so-and-so, he has just been got, he's just gotten so hard to work with. You know, he just, I mean, he complains about everything and he, and he just, you know, he's not happy with anything and, uh, you know, and so she finally went to him and, and, and she told this young man, she said, God is calling you into a pastorate, but the time isn't yet. You need to just stop and take a, take a long breath and just realize God's plan is yet to come. He's not, you, you feel the urge, but it's not time yet. We see it in the, over here in the nursery. When they get to that almost three, they're so antsy because they want to move over there. And when they're six, they get so antsy because they're ready to move over there. And when they get over there, then they get so antsy. They want to move to the youth group. I don't know if they ever want to move out of the youth group, though. That's my problem, you know. Let's get these young ones over here, you know. But, you know, it's, it, it can come naturally. But spiritually speaking, we can find ourselves in the same kind of antsiness when things are going to change, but it's not time for them to change. You hear what I'm saying? You, um, you have to know your season, not somebody else's season. Psalm 1, just because somebody else did it a certain way does not necessarily mean that's how God's going to lead it, going to work in your life. Uh, Psalm 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. When you are in your season, your fruit will come. You can't have fruit from somebody else's season. It'll be fruit from your season. So don't try to identify with somebody else where God has them. You just be concerned with the season God has you in. And uh, be ready to stay there until God tells you what to do. Just stay focused. Just stay focused. You know, don't, don't have the eye towards something else. Many ministers have we seen over the years, you know, who had a good thing going where they were. They were right where they were supposed to be. And yet they, they got, off, got their focus off onto something else and they thought somewhere else was, was really where they needed to be. And they left where they were in disaster, in fall. It just, in, it just enveloped their lives because they didn't stay where they were supposed to stay until God said it was time to go. People have asked us over the year, why are you still in High Springs? Because God told us to come and he didn't tell us to go. That's why. You know, you have to be that prepared that no matter what it looks, we're going to find ourselves at times, spiritually speaking, like we're in a dry season. Listen, if there's anything I have found out, you know, with grass and plants and stuff, sometimes it's good for them to go to a dry season because that dry season puts a demand on those plants to put the roots down deeper. And sometimes if it feels like you're in a dry season, understand that God's needing you to just get in there and put some deeper roots down before he moves you into something else. There, the time will come, 
But right now, it's not it. So if it seems dry, you just keep plugging away. You just keep getting in the Word. You keep doing what the Word says. You do what you know to do. You be obedient to what God has called you to do in the season that you're in. And I promise you, growth will come in the middle of what seems to be a dry season. And then the rains will fall. And He'll move you to a new season. Um, Again, you know, I don't like change. We know, y'all all know that. But we need to become ready to change. When change shows up, we need to be ready to embrace it. Not go screaming into the next thing. You know, putting your feet down, you know, and just plowing the ground. But ready to change. Uh, we need to be more, probably more acquainted with change than what we realize. Um, you know, our bodies change. You know, as we get older, naturally, they, there's things that change. You know, they're not all great changes. <laughs> you know, but uh, we can do something about some of those kind of changes. Uh, but our spirit man should always be growing in every season. And there, and there are seasons, you know. There are good seasons. There are new seasons. There are, there are different seasons, you know. With every, every season requires some things that are different that you can't use in, a, in another season. What would y'all look like if you put a bikini on in the weather we had on Sunday? Wrong season, people. How about if you put on a big old parka and gloves and scarves and ski boots and it's July the 4th? Wrong season. So there are some things that um, each season will require that will be different from other seasons you were in. And so you need to figure out what those things are. And, and go with the flow of those things. Uh, sometimes it may be the same as last season, just we're adding to it. We're building on it. We're not changing anything. We're building on it. And, and we see things that are happening, you know, around us, and we, we need to be ready for the next season. We need to be ready for the next season as a church. We need to be ready for the next season as individuals. We need to be ready for the next season just in our lives, you know, in our daily lives. Is it a new job, a new career? Is it, is it a change? You know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, need to be led by the Spirit. I can't, I can't stress that enough. I don't understand, you know, how people can, can go through life not knowing what God has in store for them, not having an idea of what's, what that, that man on the inside is trying to tell them. You know, uh, we were talking to PG about somebody he knows, and, and this man had been, a, had been on staff at a church for many years, and, and I, something happened, have no idea what, and, and he uh, decided to take a job up north somewhere. And, and uh, in the meantime, his house has not sold, and he couldn't figure out why his house hadn't sold. And it's been six months, and they've been, you know, living expenses there and carrying a house down here. And and uh, PG talked to him recently, and he said, oh, "We just we just don't know what God's trying to tell us." And I'm going, "You're in the ministry for Pete's sake." But again, they'd been in a place in a, in church in a church work where nobody ever taught them how to follow the Holy Spirit how to be led by the Spirit. And so they have no clue what they're doing. And they have gone from one bad decision to another bad decision. 
because of it, because they have no idea what God's leading them to do. Listen, God wants every season we find ourselves in to be a success. He don't, does not want us to jeopardize the next season of our lives, whether it's naturally, whether it's spiritually. Some people move for the wrong reason. They move, they move before, when, and God didn't tell them to move away. We've seen it happen so many times. We've seen times when people move to a new church, different church. They had no business leaving the church. Listen, if God's called you to a specific church, you better know that God has told you to leave that church because God has you there for a specific reason. And he's using that, that church that he's told you to be in to prepare you for the next season of your life. Maybe, maybe you won't always be there. But while you're there, God has a reason for you to be there until it's time to go. And so just be led by the Spirit. If you don't know what that means, I've got some material in the bookstore that you can get a hold of that will tell you how you can be led by the Spirit of God. And without it, you won't really know what season you're supposed to be in. You won't know how to conduct yourself in that season. You don't know your purpose in that season. You don't know your assignment for that season. And you're the fruit of it will not be the fruit that God intended for you to have. But I tell you what, when you listen to the Holy Spirit and you walk into every season with gladness and joy, not looking back at what was behind you, but pressing on to what's ahead of you and embrace what, where God has you at the moment, then you're going to find success on every level, naturally, spiritually, socially, family, you know, in every possible way. But to every time, every season, Every time there is a season, there is a season, there is a season. And let God put you in the season that he has designed for you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.